0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Endzone Militia Spring Sports Episode Number Four. I am your host Isaiah Margo with my co-host Phil Snow, the Stats Guy. I am the Snowman, and just remember that stats are cool. Indeed, they are. And I'm also here with Mr. Exclusive Himself, Riley Weaver. What's up? All right, so we got a lot, a lot of games to go over, Phil, over the last, over this previous week. Um and a lot of well, some close ones and some really eye, um eye opening ones here. <clears throat> yeah,
1: you know there's a lot of uh, league deciding games. You know we talked about a little bit about the baseball game stuff. Uh, you know when we talked to Coach Youngman a little bit, we talked about the PH Archbold game. We talked a little bit about the PH Liberty game and um you know the stuff that that was going to bring and you know at uh, PH Archbold nothing short of a really good game. Oh yeah. Uh you know Liberty Center and PH battled it out pretty well at B A Miller Field. Maybe the score doesn't tell uh, maybe the story of that game. I think mm-hmm. but. Um, you know some really good baseball and then you know we talked about the gauntlet that PH was going to see with coach Youngman also and you know that showed you play Archibald Liberty Center and Tenora on back-to-back-to-back nights Uh, you know probably tough on the kids I'm sure but uh, you know they also you know obviously played really well in some of those games and uh, unfortunately not able to beat Tenora but successful uh, against Archibald and Liberty Center to give themselves a chance to a secure a league championship, at least mm-hmm. a share of that at least. So uh, kudos to those guys. Um, you know, we also had some milestones that were reached by coaches uh, over the past week. We had some firsts in program history over the past week. So, um, And that's both baseball and softball. So a lot of good stuff there. We'll we'll have a lot more softball stuff on tap for you today as uh, we, um, you know, kind of got, got into some of the tournament stuff, which is, you know, right around the corner. A lot oh, of yeah, games absolutely. happening on the 9th and on the 11th. Uh, a lot of games happening on the twelfth. Uh, you know, and the winners of those games will be played on the sa- on the seventeenth. So, you know, a lot of games coming up over the next couple of weeks as far as the tournament draw goes. Is uh, you know, and you know, I'm really excited for those because you know, a tournament brings out a lot of uh, contenders, and you know, a lot of different things can happen in those tournament games. So, it'll be fun to see how it goes. And you know, we're right around the corner for baseball. I think the baseball tournament draws happening right now, so uh, we'll know a little bit of that stuff going yeah, on this possibly, week as well. So
0: some, possibly have a chance of getting a uh, live update. Yeah, so, we so we'll some we'll have updates. some
1: live updates on that as well as we as we do our stuff here. So uh you know want to want to start let's start with softball this week. Uh you know we feel uh we feel we haven't done softball due diligence the last few episodes, so we want to make sure that we uh, uh cover a lot of stuff there and and I want to start with one of the milestones that was re- reached. Um Hilltop uh with a 4 to 3 win over the Tenora Lady Rams uh Canette. Uh, Hilltop coach uh, Tom Shaper got his uh, 200th win. He's 190, uh, 193 and 70 at Hilltop, uh, and 286 in his career. So 200th career win for him. So, uh, congratulations. big congratulations there. I think that's really cool, uh, really special. Uh, you know, when you can get those kind of wins, and you know there was one in baseball too, and we'll talk about that when we get to baseball, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marco, I know you got a lot of scores for me, so if you got some scores, I can probably give some statistics to go with your scores, uh, with who you want to start with there for games for Wednesday.
0: All right. So we're starting from on May 3rd, the Napoleon lady Wildcats played against the Bowling Green against Bowling Green, losing four to three in that, in that matchup.
1: Yeah Napoleon actually uh, was losing four to nothing in that game uh, rallied with three runs late in the uh, in the late stages of that inning uh, Erica Wilcox Jaden Wilcox both with two
0: hits in the game for the Napoleon Wildcats who moved to five and ten and two and five in the NL mm-hmm. and then we got to the Liberty Center Tigers being their arch rival across the river the Patrick Henry Patriots seven to one uh, Phil uh, that game uh, it was a lot the sticks were going for the Lady Tigers throughout that game
1: yeah it took a couple innings for him to get going you know they were kind of of slow uh, through the first three innings and then in that fourth inning they were able to bust through with four runs. Uh, Three Lady Tigers with two uh, or with multiple hits. Molly Fuller, Beatrice Barrett and Emmy Gray all had multiple hits for the Lady Tigers and uh, Emmy Gray also had a two-run single in that fourth inning and the bases were loaded. Uh, There was an errant I don't know if it was a hesitation play on the throw or whatever but the runner was able to score from third so bases loaded single ends up clearing them out. Uh, big inning there for the Tigers, which kind of propelled that win to se- uh, that seven to one
0: win. Absolutely, and finishing off on May third, uh, the Archibald Lady Blue Streaks beating the Pettisville Blackbirds seven to five, and I believe given the score. Uh, I bet it was a nail biter going throughout the game.
1: Yeah, Archibald had five errors in the game, but they ended up <coughs> being able to put in five runs in the fifth inning, which uh, helped them in the win. Megan Taylor had two singles, and Tess Ames had two RBIs. Natalie Knofsinger had a triple for the uh, lady, our, uh, blue streaks. And then McKenna Thiel got the win on the mound. She went for, uh, she had four unearned runs, giving up three hits, no walks, and four strikeouts and three innings of relief work uh, for Archibald. So, big win for Archibald there to come back in the late stage of that game and be able to get a win. And, uh, you know, we'll talk some more Fulton County uh, softball as well, as we'll have on uh, Swanton Uh, softball head coach Lauren Yoder in her first year at the helm of the Bulldogs and you know they've they've battled in league play you know they're five and two in league play and uh, you know they're nine and nine on the season but uh, they've played some good softball and they have a lot of young talent um, some freshmen leading the way on on their squad for them so you know a lot of capability over there if you're talking about moving forward and uh, Mm -hmm. especially in coach Yoder's first year so we'll get to that here in a couple minutes
0: all right we're fast forwarding to the very next day uh, one, like I said, we had some eye-opening um scores. The Archibald Lady Blue Streaks beating the Lady Vikings of Evergreen 16-3. to
1: Yeah, Archibald had nine, <clears throat> put up nine runs in the sixth inning. They tallied 17 hits on the game. They had six players with two hits. Tess Ames had a triple and four RBIs. Uh, but a bright spot for Evergreen, uh, a girl who just continues to just I mean, she just continues to shine. Hit another home run, Macy Chamberlain, uh, the Penn State commit. There, her 17th bomb of the season. Uh, you know, despite the the loss, you know, she's still doing her work. She was walked in her two other at bats, mm-hmm. uh, so one for one with a home run uh, and a couple of walks, just proving why she is a Division One uh, softball commit. So good stuff there from her, despite the loss. Uh, Evergreen our <clears throat> Archbold ended up moving to 11-8 and 3-3
0: uh, in the league after that after that win. Mm-hmm and then we got basically a, a very tight tightly contested game throughout The Brian Lady Golden Bears uh beating the Swanton Lady Bulldogs 2 to 1. That that that's game. That game came came down under the wire there, Phil. Yeah,
1: and no surprise it it came down to pitching, you know, Thea Stanton, a girl that's just been absolutely spectacular all season long, um kind of carried the way for uh for the Brian Golden Bears. Oh, I got her numbers on. you. she is 17 and 1 for the Brian Golden Bears. Uh she's thrown 215 innings. I'm sorry. 215 strikeouts in 118 innings of work and she has a 0. 0.65 ERA. Um so just That's the ability that she <clears throat> the ability that she has and when you're talking uh when you're talking that many innings that she has thrown 118 innings 215 strikeouts um that's double the innings of work there almost and that's just i mean that's just unprecedented to talk about so uh, she's obviously got a lot of skills and brian obviously depends on her a lot yep. uh, so yeah so really didn't good they, stuff uh, there
2: didn't they win the nwal title too
1: uh first time in school history yeah. uh brian wins the softball nwal title outright. really um yeah really? and uh kaylee thiel was uh that <clears throat> she scored on a run in the uh on the in the fifth inning on a fielder's choice. And then Brian was able to get another run late in the ga- uh, in the sixth inning of that game, which kind of helped him. Uh, you know, Swanton, uh, you know, they got a lot of decent players as well. A freshman, Peyton Detray, she had two singles, the only two hits for the Bulldogs. She had them both. Uh, Thea Stanton, seven innings pitched, two hits, one run, 12 strikeouts for the Gold Lady Bears. And the losing end, uh, Taylor Forrest, who's been a very good pitcher uh, for the Swanton Lady Dogs this season. She went seven innings pitched. She gave up two runs on two – or, yeah, two runs on two hits and uh, eight strikeouts. So, uh, a classic pitcher's duel there, if you will, just between, uh, you know, those players. And I'm double-checking my notes really quick because, if I'm not mistaken, she is just a junior – yeah Taylor Forrest is just a junior and she's seven and three on the season she has 81 strikeouts and she's supporting uh and she's sporting a 1.975 ERA so you know despite the loss for Swanton they're a very close contested game and we talked about it last week how you know it just depends on what team shows up where and who makes what plays and you know they were almost able to get the best of them there on that one so kudos to Swanton for giving them a battle and Congratulations, to Brian, on that first win in program our uh, first title in program first history, outright. which I'm sure an outright, outright win, which yeah. I'm sure is pretty surprising.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, then we got the Pesville Lady Blackbirds again beating the Delta Lady Panthers six to three there. Um, Delta, it's ha- just just not their season this year, Phil.
1: Yeah, they were able to get a win on Saturday, I believe, um, to give them their first win on the season. Yes, they yep against but, Striker. But you know, it it has been a tough season so far for for. Uh, for Delta and, and coach Gillen but you know she's she's sticking with the process over there and you know I think that they're going to be up and coming down the year they have some young girls out out right now so uh, it, it'll be interesting to see where they where they come up because I think those programs are definitely headed in the right direction you know mm-hmm. evergreen struggling a little bit this year but obviously some bright spots when you're talking about leaders like Macy Chamberlain who kind of set the tone for your program and you and you need girls like that mm-hmm. that really set the tone for your program
0: absolutely and then you got the Liberty Center Lady Tigers beating Miller City 10 to 5 on that day
1: yeah it was a uh, 5 to 4 in the fourth inning you know Miller City actually had a a two run single that took the lead uh, as Liberty Center was up five, uh, up 4 to 3 in that game and Miller City took the lead 5 to 4 and um Liberty Center then rallied for six unanswered runs after that to 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 win that game Ten to five. Molly Perry, the winning pitcher. She went three and two thirds inning, allowing run allowed one run on four hits and three strikeouts. Uh, Emmy Gray continuing to swing a hot bat. She had three hits, two doubles in the game.
0: All right, and then we got the Ayersville Lady Pilots being the Patrick Henry Lady Patriots, seven to two. Um, something that I was kinda gonna, gonna be honest with you, I was not expecting that.
1: I'm sorry, I missed that. What Would you
0: say? Ayersville beating Patrick Henry seven to two.
1: Yeah, you know, Airs <coughs> Airsville, uh, their softball team has has been playing uh, better over the recent weeks, uh, and they're starting to hit the ball a lot better. And I think PH is definitely down a little bit this year. They're struggling, um, especially when you look at Friday's score against Archibald. You know, I just think they're 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 struggling. Uh, maybe some pitching that they're having some issues with. You know, when you can't throw strikes, it's really hard to get girls out. And uh, you know, at this age, and this and <coughs> this setting, you know. You know, you put the ball in play, anything can happen. Uh, I say that about high school baseball. I say that about elementary, softball. I mean, any any level you talk about, you know, Riley, you know, especially as a as a guy who played baseball, mm-hmm. you know, anything can happen when you put the ball in play. A, a bad breeze, a bad bounce, or whatever may happen, anything can happen. And those are how
0: rallies start.
2: Yeah, it's better than striking out. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah.
0: All right. So, we got the Wauseon Indians beating the Raiders. Eight to two on that one. Uh, yeah, uh, eight
1: to two win over there for w- Wasion. They had uh, three run innings in the third and the sixth inning. Ellie Ward and the Mart- um, Layla Martinez with a double apiece. and then um, that moved Wayne Trace to eight and thirteen. Wasion moved to six and eleven with that win. So a, ni- a nice win for Wasion there, especially struggling they have this year. And I don't know if you got the Antwerp score, but Antwerp won eleven to one over Ottobill.
0: Okay, cool. I missed that one by accident.
1: Hey, it's probably all right. we We've been back. You know, we're, we're doing a little antwerp with baseball, so we're kind of doing a little antwerp with softball as well. And
0: but. to finish it out, the Defiant Lady Bulldogs beating Kenton in a mercy rule, I believe, 12 nothing.
1: Um, Yeah, and defiance with their uh, outright WBL championship as well. Uh, first one since 2018. Lindsey Roth had a three-run double in the six-run fourth inning that they had. Uh, Ava Cullen... Um, and uh, we are going to be joined live now on our show by Swanton softball head coach Lauren Yoder in her first year at the helm. Uh, Coach Yoder, thank you so much for taking some time with us here on this uh, Sunday afternoon to talk some softball with us.
2: Hey, I really appreciate you guys asking me to come on here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, once again, thanks for joining us. Let's let's dig right in here uh, and talk about uh, your team and your girls, you know. Uh, talk about a little bit about maybe some of the progress that you guys have made thus far to start the season you know looking uh, a little bit about your roster and your statistical stuff you know you guys seem to be a little bit young you have some young girls that really have some talent a lot of potential there so talk about maybe some of the improvements you guys have had or some of the best improvements you guys have had from the start of the season to where you are now
2: yeah so coming into Swanton originally you know they haven't been known for their softball but I had known some of the athletes on the team from playing them prior and they just had a ton of potential. Um, So coming in at the beginning of the season, um, the main focus was trying to help them realize that they do have the potential to, you know, keep up with the league teams. Um, You know, the the league has been pretty tough this year. Um, Obviously, you know, Liberty center, Brian and us being the top three. Um, So, you know, comparing the beginning of the season, um, you know, we struggled a little bit, we were doing okay um to where we are now I'd say the biggest things that you know we've gotten them to realize is that they are actually a very competitive team you know we we had that game with Brian where we were you know it had we won that game it would have been a three-way tie for winning the league which would have been a, the first in our school history so you know we've definitely come a long way both you know statistics wise and then um just together as a team you know my top two girls hitting over 500 right now um And one of which is a freshman, but yeah, like you said, we're very young. Uh, I believe I have eight freshmen on my roster and six of them are starters and, you know, they deserve every bit of playing time that they earn out there. They're very good.
1: Yeah, you know, you mentioned some of those freshmen. So, uh, you know, sticking with a little bit of the progress that you guys have made, you know, talk talk a little bit about some of those some players who have really made some improvements along the way. You know, obviously, we don't want to single uh, too many people out. We want to talk about your team, but you know, if you had to pick out a couple of players who have really kind of stepped up their game, uh, maybe a uh, an upperclassman that has really taken an, on a new role or an, an underclassman that's kind of came in and filled some key spots for you. Uh, just talk about that with us for a little bit.
2: Yeah, so uh, my middle infield, actually, my shortstop and my second baseman are both freshmen. Um, and they are both just unbelievable athletes. Uh, my second baseman is a freshman, like I said, leading our team in batting average with a 579. Um, she's hit a few home runs on the season, leading the team in RBIs and runs with 28 and 25, and has only struck out three times all year. Um, so, as a freshman, I mean, those numbers are huge for anybody, let alone, you know, a freshman coming into play varsity softball um and then my shortstop uh lila Carzales. Uh, she is hitting 373 um just a solid solid player she's our our leadoff batter and you know just has a great eye at the plate and not to mention has a ton of power um she does what I like to call and practice the Derek Jeter move, very well. So, we uh, we really appreciate her athleticism, her uh, you know her willingness to lay out and and really go for anything. But she just has made some unbelievable plays over at shortstop. Um, so those two coming into the season have really filled some huge holes because obviously you know second base and shortstop are going to get. A huge amount of you know balls in the game. So I don't know if I mentioned my second baseman was Alexa Faber. I think I forgot to mention her name there, but um, yeah, those two, those two have been just huge, huge leaders for us, um, you know, stat-wise and team-wise. Uh, and then I'd say my last one uh, would be Taylor Forrest. She's a junior, and uh, she's my number one pitcher in the rotation here, and she is just a great leader overall. Um, you know, we, she's coming off an injury from, from last summer. So we knew she wasn't going to be able to throw every game, which uh, you know, has has maybe contributed to our record the way it is right now, but uh, no, she's just done a great job uh, working with our freshman catcher uh, who works with her and just helping her get ready. And, and just is a great leader, she's also hitting over uh, 500. She's hitting a 521 right now. Um, She has a couple home runs on the year too, but, I think she may have struck out twice all year. I'm looking at my stats here. But, yeah, just a great leader overall. Um, We don't have any seniors on our team, so she is kind of leading the way for us right now.
1: Uh, Yeah, you know, I just want to touch on a couple of those ladies that you mentioned, you know, Taylor especially, you know, an under-2 ERA. When you're talking about a girl who has seven wins and three losses, probably thrown a lot of innings um, for you guys this season. So having an under two ERA really keeps you guys in a lot of games. And when you talk about earlier, you talk about, you know, we are a competitive team. I really think those are ways that you can stay in games, you know, have a good pitcher that you can really depend on. And then a little bit on, uh, Lila, a little bit, you know, you talk about her athleticism. She has 11 stolen bases on the season. She has 23 runs scored. Uh, those are impressive numbers for a freshman, like you mentioned. And then Alexa, um, You know, her batting average is impressive, but I'm more impressed with the 635 on base percentage. When you have somebody that can get on base and just wreak all kinds of havoc, it it really opens up a lot and and really gives a morale boost for your girls.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, You know, back to Taylor's ERA, I think she's at 1.975 right now, which is, you know – just fantastic. And it really gives us an opportunity to win any game that we're in. Um, So Taylor's done a great job of keeping us, you know, alive. She's also had, you know, those three losses, which, you know, she's, she's our number one. So we're going to be, we're going to be putting her in in the the tough games like that and stuff like that. So, um, but she keeps us in it and uh, does a great job there in the circle. Um, But then those other two girls, they, yeah, the on-base percentages is, is huge, you know, and, you know, those three girls that I'm talking about, they're all in my top four in the lineup. So, you know, just the on-base percentage alone, you know, Alexa's a 631, Taylor's a 617, um, with Lila being our leadoff hitter and just an unbelievably smart base runner. You know, it really helps us to, you know, like I've told him before, we just need to score a couple runs and, and Taylor's going to keep us competitive. And And so far, we've been doing a pretty good job with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Coach. That's great stuff. Um, let, let, let's look a little bit ahead uh, to opponent things here before we uh, finish up with a little bit of more Swanton uh, softball stuff here. Uh, you know, Let's talk about your guys' tournament draw. Um, you draw a tough one in a very tough GMC team, a 13-5 and Tenora squad, um, who's got some really nice, talented pitching over there as well. Um, something that you're no short of seeing here in a very talented NWAL pitching roster. And you guys have played a very tough schedule. I think your 9-9 and record doesn't show how well you guys have played and how competitive you guys have played in these games. So just talk a little bit about what you guys are going to have to do to compete over there and come away with a win against Tenora
2: yeah so you know our record it is what it is um you know we knew you know after taylor and with taylor not being able to throw every single game that some games are going to be a struggle and and you know we're we're still trying to learn with that but we have a couple girls that have stepped up who are not uh not pitchers per se but have done a good job in keeping us competitive in some of these games but you know that's kind of kind of why our record is what it is but you know our league this year has been tough and and Prior to that last game against Brian, we were five and one with our only loss being against a good Liberty Center team. And, you know, I we were the closest closest game that Brian has had, you know, all season with the league team. So that's definitely something for us to go into tournament time to be very proud of that. We were just, you know, basically two runs away from getting our school's first league championship. And that really, you know, it was a loss, but it was a good learning experience. And the girls really learned a lot from that especially against a really competitive pitcher like uh the staten over there but um yeah our tournament draw <laughs> we kind of kind of got a, the short end of a stick there uh with us drawing the ninth seed that you know i won't go into too much detail with that but not i wasn't real thrilled with that but uh it is what it is and you know i knew tenora would be tough but um I mean, very similar to Staten, who we just played, and we were very competitive against them. So, you know, the Zolman girl from Sonora, she's great. She's, you know, I've I've seen her through a couple games here, and she is, I mean, no doubt about it, she is excellent. So, we'll definitely have our hands cut out for us, but, you know, we've seen we've seen pitching like her, and as long as we bring our A game, we should be very competitive in that game.
1: All right, let's, uh, let, let's jump right into uh, a little bit of the, the, the Bulldog program here. Obviously, you know, your first year you, you come over, um, I think you said from Fayette, uh, you know, last couple of seasons you've been with the Archibald program a little bit. So uh, just just take some time to talk about the Swanton program. Maybe uh, talk about some of your assistants that maybe don't get enough credit for some of the things they do. Uh, anybody that you'd like to mention that really just doesn't get enough credit, I just want to give you the floor here and kind of let you talk about your, your program.
2: Yeah, so it's, it was definitely a very uh, drastic change coming from Fayette to Swanton. Uh, in a good way. In a good way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, yeah, it was a lot different, you know, obviously just numbers-wise. And, and you know, it's it's been tough around the area. A lot of schools are struggling with getting the numbers for a JV team. Um, but it was really important for me to make sure that we play, and, you know, we were able to play, I think, five or six JV games this year, It was a modified JV schedule. We couldn't play the same time as the varsity because I had a handful of girls that needed to play both in order to make it work. Um, But, you know, those girls that were playing both, they, I mean, stepped right up and agreed to do it for the sake of the program, which is huge. Um, You know, we had, we started the year with 17 girls and on a varsity team, you know, you're not going to be able to play all those girls. It's just not feasible. And it's not fair for, you know, those last six, or seven girls to sit the bench game after game, and it's, it's really not helping us for the program. So um, that's why we implemented the modified JV schedule um, so that, you know, those bottom half of the lineup there could still get reps and not have to basically sit out an entire season and hope they'll play more next year because that's not helping us out. So, um, so yeah, so we were able to do that this year. Um, and I think we just finished our last JV game actually against Sonora. And, you know, it, it went well. The girls, you know, nobody wants to play JV, but they know if they want to get some playing time and get, make themselves better, and that's what they had to do, and, and that's what we did. So um, my assistants, I have uh, Winter Fricky, uh, Bill Wilson, and Melissa Foster. Um, Winter, I actually am related to her, but I was actually her coach when I helped coach Archibald JV many years ago. And um, she had helped out with the SWAT and program here or there prior to me getting there. Uh, so she kind of had a foot in the door, I guess you could say. Um, but she's just very knowledgeable. She's young. Um, and a lot of the girls can relate to her well. And she brings a lot of energy that, you know, I'm, I'm a mom of four kids. Sometimes I just don't have the energy to me out. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, so <laughs> she, brings, she brings the energy there. And that's, that's definitely what we need. Um, Melissa, I hired her to be our JV coach and she's done a great job. She, uh, originally played at Owens and this has been a while, but, um, you know, she's, she's basically the team mom. She's, you know, brings the med kit, the snacks, she's got everything. And and she's just a great influence, especially in the dugout for our varsity games, um, helping our dugout stay up and stuff like that. And then Bill kind of, uh, happened to us on a happy accident, uh, I always say Bill was just kind of, you know, a gift that was given to us cuz Bill didn't he doesn't really he's not from here. He's from Arizona. Um just randomly, you know, moved back. Uh he has some family that coaches at Clay High School, I believe. And uh he had emailed our athletic director asking if anybody would like some help with the program and, you know, I so saw I asked if he'd be willing to meet me for coffee and turns out Bill is like, you know, the The older version of myself (laughs) joke around with Wade our athletic director that had bill applied for this job. I probably wouldn't have a job right now because he's, he's just a very, very knowledgeable guy um, coaching varsity level, some national travel team level. And just, I mean, I I basically told the school, I'm like, we gotta, we gotta find a way to add him onto the payroll here because we definitely couldn't do it without him. He's, he's a great guy and just extremely, extremely knowledgeable, but yeah i mean all of us all four of us work really really well together um so i think we've done a good job of picking up each other's when we uh when we struggle in one department and somebody else can help us help us out with that but but yeah
1: well that's awesome stuff coach Uh, we really appreciate you taking some time with us to talk about your program and uh, to talk about the season you guys have had and uh, we look forward to hearing more about the Swanton Lady Dogs as you guys uh, continue on your run uh, this season and next. And we wish you the best of luck to finish out your year.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me and go Bulldogs. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Thank you.
0: So that was a very nice interview there of the head coach of the Lady Bulldogs. Yeah, Lor-
1: Lauren Yoder in her first year. 2009 Archbold grad. Uh, Winter Fricky is actually a name I probably know because I probably know her brother, Wellington. Or Telly, as, as his friends would call him. Uh, but, you know, Wellington is his actual name. But Telly played, graduated. He'd probably hate me if I told you guys that. But played against him as a senior in high school. So familiar names there. Interesting to hear those names, uh, you know. Uh,
0: Man, Phil's just going down memory lane with all these interviews. I, I, I
1: enjoy it. Like, I, I enjoy it. Like, so.
0: So. Excuse me. All right. So we are now on to the uh, May 5th now.
1: Friday. Cinco de Mayo.
0: <laughs> who had tacos?
1: Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I did not have tacos. The, cap- <laughs> the captain
0: did. The ca- Weaver. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and margaritas to the, from the captain. Yeah, and I just I just want to touch with
1: her, you know, touch about what she, a couple of things that she was saying, you know, you know, I, Riley, I liked, you know, bringing you in on this because as a guy who actually played baseball and somebody who can, who's been involved in the momentum swings that can happen. In baseball and softball, you know, I think she made a really good point about, you know, having her girls, giving her girls the confidence that they needed about, hey, if you know, we go out here and do our jobs, that our pitching is going to keep us in games, and you know, she talks about the on base percentage, and I just think when you can get that lead off on, or in, in any inning really, uh, that you can just do so many more things. I mean, it just makes it harder on the pitcher, and you can be more creative with what you want to do at the plate. And I just think she made a really good point with that. Yeah, <laughs>
2: you hit right on the nail there. What do you got Man. for Friday, Markle?
1: All right,
0: all right, I got. First, we had the Lady Wildcats and Napoleon losing to the Whitmer Panthers, future NLL school, losing twelve to seven in that matchup.
1: That's and a fun. Maybe. That's a fun one, Whitmer, huh? Yeah. They're gonna be. They're gonna be in the NLL next year with yes, the Clay in them.
0: Yes, they will be. Nice. So then we're going. Then after that. Uh, Oh, shit, Isaiah lost. Yep. Then uh, <laughs> uh, Ar- the Archibald Lady Blue Streaks, um, utter obliteration here. Beating the Lady Patriots 23-2 to two is what I have here.
1: Yeah, they scored five runs in four different innings. So, um, you know, that's what's going to happen when that happens. Uh, McKenna and Maddie Thiel both had, do- had a double in three RBIs to lead the Blue Streaks. No, then, PH is a really young team, too. Uh, you know, they've, they've struggled this year with some of their pitching stuff. So, you know, they've kind of been fall, – they've fallen behind in some games. You know, they, they did a nice job of keep P, keeping Liberty at bay for, you know, for the innings that they did. And mm-hmm. uh, just, you know, they've been struggling to be able to close the door on some teams and finish out games.
0: And uh, and then we go to the Evergreen Lady Vikings winning over Wassian 6-4 to four in that matchup.
1: Yeah, and uh, Macy Chamberlain had uh, another a big day. Uh, she hit another two home runs. She had four RBIs. The Penn State
0: um, commits strikes again.
1: And Layla Martinez for the Wasson Indians had a double, a single, and two RBIs to, uh, to lead the way for Wasson.
0: The Lady Golden Bears uh, mercy ruling the Hicksville Aces thirteen to two on that one. And then the Fairview Apaches, the crusade that they've been having since the beginning of the season, beating that Seagull Lady Knights eleven to zero. I just wanted uh, my apologies. I read the sixth one, the Napoleon final there. Uh, I meant to say Napoleon beating Southview three to one on that uh, on the fifth, and the Whitmer game took place on May sixth.
1: Okay, that was a Saturday game then. Yes. Okay.
0: Uh, the Delta Lady Panthers picking up their first victory of the season over the over Stryker, uh, three to two there.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know that's uh that's a big momentum win uh you know for the for the Delta Panthers you know it's it's something that they really needed to see you know you just you just got to get. Uh, one of those wins, it's like seeing your first shot go down in a basketball game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Delta was able to get one run in the first, three runs in the second. Stryker tried to rally, uh, got a run in the sixth, but Stryker was only able to get one hit. Um, mm-hmm. So the clap girl did a really nice job, only allowing one hit on two, mm-hmm. two runs, one earned runs, three walks, six strikeouts. Um, so and she went the distance through 90 pitches, 53 for strikes. So um, she did a really nice job. You know, when you can throw strikes, anything's possible.
0: Absolutely. Uh, the Edgerton Bulldogs beating the Lady Tigers 5-1 to one there. Uh, not really a good outing for the Lady Tigers there, Phil. Uh,
1: you know, just struggled a little bit. Uh, you know, they got a run in the second inning to take a one nothing lead, and then Edgerton in the fourth, fifth, and sixth was able to get uh, a run in the fourth, a th- three in the fifth, and one in the sixth. Uh, Molly Perry took the loss in that game. She went 4 innings pitch with one strikeout, allowing four hits and two runs, two earned runs. Uh, the winning pitcher... Uh, the Wallace girls, seven innings pitch, six strikeouts, one walk, five hits, one run, one earned run. Emmy Gray had an RBI, um, and Eliza Jones, Bia Barrett, Marley Rego, Maddie McBride, excuse me, Maddie McBride all had a single and, uh, Stryker had a couple of girls with the single, uh, with two singles apiece. So, uh, you know, our Edgerton, excuse me. Um, mm-hmm. so big, big win for Edgerton over there against, uh, the Tigers team who's been pretty good this season. Um. You know, maybe just couldn't get the bats going there in the last stages of the, that game. So, a mm-hmm. uh, tough loss there. But you know, Liberty Center's got to be feeling pretty confident to be coming home and uh, playing against
0: Genoa, <laughs> <laughs> the Mountain Pirie Lady Locomotives, beating the Patrick Henry Patriots ten nothing. I believe that is another mercy rule. I believe.
1: Um, Mount Pe- uh, in softball? Yes. Um, sure. All right. What was it? What did you say it was? Ten nothing. Yeah, it's mercy rule. Yep.
0: And then the finish off that
1: that actually came off of Montpelier's fourteen to nothing win over North Central in five innings uh, to give the Montpelier locomotives their first um, conference Conversely. title in program history. So uh, a, a really in, uh, special moment for those uh, you know for okay. those girls, I'm sure.
0: What conference is that, the TAC? That is the, the BBC. The BBC, okay. Yeah,
1: they play in the BBC in softball now. I think football they're in the TAC, TAC, but okay. the BBC in in, uh, in baseball, which is like uh, North Central. Um,
0: like those smaller schools? North Central,
1: striker, um, um I can't remember the yeah, other I don't, ones. But not, those, I don't have those at the top of my mind. Is Toledo Christian in that, I or are they in Toledo the TAC Christian. for football too, are they?
0: I think Toledo Christian's in the TAC. For football. football. If, yeah.
1: They play football. Oh, yeah, they do. Holy crap! Yeah. Yeah,
0: I have no idea to be honest. Well, they with you.
1: just um, yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Knowledge. <laughs> and the finish out of May fifth, uh, the Tenora Lady Rams rurally ruling the Swanton Lady Bulldogs fifteen to five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, and uh, they got some tournament games here upcoming. In Division two, the Wasion Indians playing. Uh, mommy, and they, those two teams will play. Whoever wins that game will be playing the winner of the late game on five, uh, five, to, on the day of 512.
1: Yeah, Wasion, uh, they drew the five seed. Wassion finished there at six, uh, or th- thus far in the season, six and 11, one and four in the NWOAL. A little bit down this year compared to where they were last mm-hmm. year.
0: Uh, then we have the Bryant Golden Bears, and they'll be playing the winner of. Shawnee. Oh, Shawnee! <laughs> there you go. I was wondering which one you're gonna do, the bath or the <laughs> no, 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 not the Lima bath. No, we'll get to that one. Oh, okay. I think, and uh, again, in the Shawnee Salina game, and that game will be played on five twelve. Also, that was that is for the winner of the the winner of the Shawnee Salina game playing the Lady Golden Bears. Yeah,
1: and is the five seed. Shawnee gets the eleven seed on that one. That game will be played on the ninth, and that will be at Salina High School.
0: All right. Uh, we got the Lady Wildcats and Napoleon playing St. Mary's. The winner plays the winner of the Bryan game on five twelve. Uh
1: Napoleon getting the seventh seed. St. Mary's getting the four seed. Napoleon uh, entering the tournament thus far at 5-11, f- and 2-6 in the NLL. So a little bit down this year for the Wildcats as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did come off of a, a nice win over Southview this weekend. So Absolutely.
0: And the Defiance Lady Bulldogs playing will be playing the winner of the Van Wert Cougar Nation uh, playing the Liberty Benton Eagles. And that game will be taking place on 5-12.
1: Liberty Benton earned the 8th seed and Van Wert earned the 10th seed. Liberty Benton uh, will be the host of that game and that one's going to be on the ninth as well. And uh, Defiance... Coming into the tournament, they are looking really nice. Coming off that WBL title, mm-hmm. WBL title, they're sitting at fifteen and four overall, and eight no in the and eight no in the WBL.
0: Very very competitive league. Uh, on Division three, the Fairview Lady Apaches playing against the Ottawa Glandorf Lady Titans. The winner will be playing against Spencerville, Spencerville on five nine.
1: Uh, Fairview just getting their first loss of the season last week. Um, came uh, start. Uh, we're 17 and 0, won 17 straight games. Uh, fumbled last week. Not sure who they lost to, but uh, nevertheless, uh, looking pretty solid there at 7 and 0 in the GMC and 17 and 1 overall.
0: Yep. Uh, the Northwood Rangers playing the Evergreen Lady Vikings, and the winner of that game will play against Oak Harbor on five nine.
1: And Northwood getting the 8th seed. Evergreen getting the tenth seed. Um, you know, Evergreen's going to have to depend on uh, some hitting and uh, hopefully to be able to stay in that game, cause some havoc, see if they can move on.
0: Absolutely. And we have an.
1: Is who? Two, 11 to two, they lost. Oh, Anthony oh, they Wayne. Lost okay, so Fairview's loss came to uh, state ranked Anthony Wayne, so yeah, 11 so. to 2. So that's no, no shock there. You know, Anthony Wayne, Springfield, those teams are extremely good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they were actually ranked in the nation at one point in time. So, really? Yes. So- Springfield is still actually ranked 20, top twenty-five in the in the country. Dang! So that's a good, yeah, they're that's they're good. extremely good.
0: We have an NWOL rematch: the Archibald Lady Blue Streaks playing the Delta Lady Panthers. The winner will will go on to play Eastwood on five nine.
1: Uh, Archbold getting the seventh seed, Delta getting the 11th seed, uh, you know, which is kind of, I think what coach Yoda was talking a lot about a little bit there, you know, Swanton get a nine seed at nine and nine, Delta an 11 seed at one and 17. So it just, you know, it just doesn't seem right there that they were only two seeds down, but, uh, nevertheless, that game's going to be played on five, nine Archbold against Delta will be played on five, nine, uh, and that game will be at Archbold high school.
0: Yep. And as we talked about in the interview here again with the head lady of the Swanton Bulldogs, the Tenora Lady Rams playing against the Swanton Bulldogs. The winner of that game will play against the winner of the Oak Harbor game. And that game, in that that fast that next game will be on five twelve.
1: Uh, Tenora getting the three seed there. Tenora very successful this year. They've had a nice season, uh, entering the tournament <clears throat> thus far six and one in the league and thirteen and five overall.
0: And the game that I have circled that gives me a smile, the Liberty Center Lady Tigers playing Genoa. Lady comments, the winner will play against Elmwood on
1: 5-9. You know, uh, this is going to be a very interesting ball game. Uh, you know, Liberty Center has been very good all year. Uh, coming in, with, I think, 14 5 record. Uh, you know, tough loss to Edgerton, but they've mm-hmm. been playing really well all season long, uh, and I expect that play to continue. This should be a really nice game. Uh, you know, Genoa plays in that tough conference where they would play teams like Eastwood and uh, Otsego has been pretty decent over the last few mm-hmm. years. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that game shakes up. Elmwood's ter- in that league also. El- Elmwood think? is in that league also. So it'll be interesting to see how that game shakes up. And, you know, the, there's always going to be that fire. Fire between LC and Genoa, anywhere, any sport, any time. There's always going to be some kind of edge. Especially in tournament time. Especially in the postseason. That's a rivalry. (laughs)
0: That's a postseason rivalry, rivalry and it's fine. Absolutely. So, so yeah, that's going to be a very interesting game. I'm really excited to be announcing that one. (laughs) And, all right, <laughs> You're so, gonna be yelling Genoa up in the box. <laughs> nah, that would destroy the speakers. <laughs> uh, all right, we're into all right into Division Four. Uh, based on our coverage, we only have two teams in Division Four. The Airsville Lady Pilots will be playing the winner of the Pettisville Striker game, and that game will be taking place on five eleven.
1: Uh, Pettisville earned the seventh seed, and Striker earned the ninth seed, and their game is going to be played on the. Uh, the 8th, which is on Monday, and that's going to be at 5 o'clock. And that will be at Pettysville High School.
0: And the uh, Lady Patriots playing against Continental. I believe they're the Cadets, correct?
1: They're not the Pirates anymore?
0: Oh, oh no, Pirates. Yep. I, okay. thi- I was thinking of someone else. My bad. You're thinking of Hilltop. Hilltop, Hilltop Hill, I'm thinking of Hilltop. That's my fault. Uh, the Continental Pirates on that game will take place on 5-8. Uh,
1: PH and, uh, comes in as the 5 seed. Continental as the 6 seed the winner of that game will play Columbus Grove, who's the four seed, so four, five, six teams right there kind of being able mm-hmm. to chance to meet up there. Uh, that game would be played on the 11th, depending on who wins this game. But, you know, I think this is going to be an interesting game. You know, Patrick Henry is a little bit down this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, not sure what Continental looks like, but if Patrick Henry can get some momentum, I feel like that they're a team that can cause some cause some havoc. So.
0: Absolutely. And, Phil, we talked about this before we went – before we started recording. Uh, it, I find it ironic that – in football the football team played elmwood we go to be, uh basketball Bo- the both boys and girls team played against elmwood what are the chances that the softball team plays elmwood
1: you know it would be interesting <laughs> that like
0: and we've won every single one we're on a three win win streak against elmwood in sports right now
1: yeah you know it'll it'll be interesting to see how it happens you know Ayersville, are uh elmwood is a team that You know, kind of sneaks up. We played them in basketball during the regular season. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I think there's going to be a heated rivalry between us and them for some time to come. Yeah. Uh, You know, they just released the – uh, football divisions and pairings for all the uh, divisional breakdowns and the region breakdowns and all that stuff. And Liberty Center and Elmwood are right back in the same Division Five region, yeah, Region eighteen. D- d- yeah, so and
0: Division Five is going to be stacked again. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. So, um, you know, and it'll be interesting. Um, we'll talk. We'll talk about we'll that. Talk we'll talk about. about we'll this talk about
0: the that in August. We'll talk about that in
1: August. Well, we'll talk about this at the end because there is some interesting stuff that we should that we should let listeners know in case they didn't see.
0: All right. Uh, all right, Phil. That is that wraps up the softball coverage. Okay, so I, I just want to give some. some I just want to
1: give some process. area softball stats real quick while I can before we finish on that. We've done all a right. nice job getting boys stuff out, so let's get the girls there do justice. Uh, leading the area is Macy Chamberlain from Evergreen. She's batting. This is literally insane. She's batting seven 700. 700. Wow. I. I wow. Seven hundred. <laughs> That's video game and number forty at bats. This chick has eighteen home runs.
0: That's video game numbers. That's
1: pen that's division one. That's cheat code. That's, that's cheat, cheat code, code division one numbers.
0: In- enter cheat code yeah. Evergreen Vike. Check her veins. Check her veins. Um, her veins. um <laughs> and then you
1: got uh Alexa Faber who uh Coach Yoder mentioned who bragged up. Alexa Faber, just a freshman mm-hmm. uh there at Swanton. She has fifty one at bats, thirty one hits. She's batting six oh eight. Um Ariel Brown from Ayersville. She has 29 hits on the season and 49 at bats. She's sporting a 592 average. Anna Fraser from Tenora has 37 hits and she's batting 587. Uh, Taylor Forrest, as she mentioned, 21 hits, 41 at bats, batting 512. Thea State Staten uh, from Bryan, 34 hits and 67 at bats. She's batting 507. Uh, Beatrice Barrett batting 500 from Liberty Center. Uh, just some names routing out the area there for batting averages. Um, Paige Rasika and Carrie Zedike. Uh, two girls from Fairview, lead the areas and run scored at 34 and 31 apiece. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ava Cohen from Defiance has 11 doubles on the season. Uh, Thea Staten, Staten has 10 doubles on the season. She's from Bryan, And then there's a couple girls tied with nine, a couple girls tied with eight. So good numbers there. Uh, Ariel Brown has five triples on the year from Ayersville. Macy Chamberlain leading the league in home runs at 18. And then Paige Resika is right behind her at 10. She's from Fairview High School. Uh, Leading RBIs, Macy Chamberlain with 32. Allison Rhodes with 30. uh, Paige Resika with 28. And Alexa Faber with 26. Um, So interesting there. Uh, Let's look at some pitching stuff real quick before we get to baseball stuff. Uh, like we said, Thea Staten, 17 and one on the year. Uh, Paige Rasika from Fairview, 14 and one on the year. Molly Perry from Liberty Center, seven and one on the year. Uh, Tegan Zipfel from Defiance, she's 13 and three on the season. Uh, you heard Coach Yoder talk about Skylia Zolman, uh, the girl that threw the no hitter a couple weeks ago for Tenora. She's a very talented pitcher. Uh, and then uh, once again, Taylor Forrest from Swan, sporting a seven and three record. Natalie Nofsinger from Archibald with a 10-7 and seven record. Uh, we talked about Thea Stanton's numbers, uh, 215 strikeouts, over 118 innings. Uh, Skylia Zolman has 104 innings pitched with 176 strikeouts. And Paige Resica has 88 innings pitched with 131 strikeouts. Um, yeah, so uh, really good stuff there from those ladies. Uh, congratulations on their obviously having some really nice seasons. So, uh, like we said, we we would give more due diligence to softball this uh, mm-hmm. to this episode, and I think we've we've done a good job of that, gentlemen. So Absolutely. Uh, we got a shout out to a couple sponsors here: uh, Dorian Hooker's Pro Day Performance Training uh, with Jordan Berdue and Dorian Hooker. Uh, give those guys a call; they train athletes from all over the state uh, the, or the area of Northwest Ohio, uh, Tenora, North Central, Sylvania. Kids from Michigan. I mean, they do it all. Uh, they're great people. Great atmosphere over there. Give them a call. Uh, ab perfectionist painting you can give the guys a call at 419-906-1627 you can call that same number to call our the drywall company as well if you need some drywall fixings Uh, just give those guys a call and they know what they're doing and then one of our favorite Liberty Center sons, Mr. Field Goal himself, Josh Martin. Uh, can't yes, thank him I enough as Mr. well. Martin. So, I love Mr. Field Goal. So, thank you to those people that uh, to help with our softball coverage. So, if we want to move to some baseball, I can... yeah,
0: let's uh, let's transfer on over to baseball, Phil. I know we got some pretty, <clears throat> some pretty very unique games uh, that happen throughout the week.
1: Yeah, you know. Uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit of Wednesday stuff. Uh, BG played Napoleon on Wednesday. That was a three nothing win for BG. Trey Rubenstein took the loss. He gave up uh, three runs on six hits, six walks, and five strikeouts. Uh, he also had two hits on on the day. Uh, not much baseball really on Wednesday. Uh, Thursday was kind of the big thing. Uh, you know, Patrick Henry playing Archibald. Uh, this game was at Patrick Henry. You know, was a re- uh, a rain makeup. You know, something yep. that we talked about with Coach Youngman. Uh, Patrick Henry able to jump out to a lead early in the game, and then Archibald just threatened late. Devin Morris had a two-run shot uh, in the late stages of that game. They had three uh, three runs late in the game, just unable to break through there at the end. Uh, Aiden Behrman got the win for Patrick Henry. He went six innings, allowing seven hits on two runs and 12 strikeouts in the 5-4 win for uh, Patrick Henry. Losing pitcher was Jaden Seiler. He went six innings of work, allowing six, six hits, Five runs and eight strikeouts. So, uh, you know those two teams obviously pretty good. Patrick Henry thirteen and three, uh, Archibald ten and five. You know both pretty solid squads. Uh, Liberty Center with a five to three win over Fairview. Uh, Fairview did a nice job there in the in the late stages of that game. Had a three run sixth inning. Uh, Zach Weaver got the win for the Tigers. He went five and a third innings. He allowed four hits, um, three runs, five strikeouts, and four walks. So. Uh, Zach's been a guy that's kind of come on late with his bat and uh, especially with his pitching. You know, he's thrown over the last couple of weekends, um, starting to throw strikes, starting to throw with more velocity and, and getting some more movement on his breaking balls. And, you know, he's a guy that you can put anywhere, you know, played first base on Thursday, plays a little bit of right field, uh, you know, just a guy that you can really trust anywhere you can put him, uh, a, a guy that can pitch, a guy that can catch and. You know, just a really trustworthy guy, you know, I just feel like his his bat has really come alive in the last Mm -hmm. stages of this of the season. Here, he's starting to hit opposite field good. He had a nice opposite field hit against Patrick Henry, and just something that you preach at that level. You know, take the curveball and just don't do too much with it. Take it where it goes, and he's done a nice job over the last couple weeks. Absolutely. Uh, Landon Cruz also had two RBIs there to pace Liberty Center, and Fairview fell to eight and ten after that loss. Uh, Tenora over Ottoville five to three. Uh, They had a three run. <clears throat> three run fifth inning. Um the headman for Tenora, Brent Renolette, Uh this was his four uh his four hundredth career win. He is four hundred and one hundred and seventy eight at Tenora High School in the last twenty three years. Wow, so, that's an amazing uh, set line. Big right congratulations there. there to uh Tenora headman uh, Brent Reynolds, uh, a guy that's been around the block a time or two. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, been there for 23 years. Obviously, continuing the win, the winning ways over there. Uh, a team that just finds a way to reload every year and and, and really make their mark. Tenora move to 12 and four after the win. Uh, congratulations once again on the 400th career win. Taron Ward had a single and two RBIs, uh, in the win for the Rams. Ayersville defeated Eden four to two. Uh, Ayersville moves their record to eight seven one. Brian with a 3-0 win over Swanton. That moves them to 7-9. Swanton drops to 6-11. Dylan Dominic on the mound for Brian. Seven innings pitched, three hits, eight strikeouts. Uh, Noah Heward for the Golden Bears ended with three singles on the day. Um, The defending Division I champs, Northview, grabbed a 7-1 win over Napoleon Napoleon um, on a five-game losing streak right now, just really struggling to be able to hit the ball, not scoring a lot of runs. Uh, you know, we talked about the Division One and Division Two talent mm-hmm. that was in that conference and how they could struggle to see who they really were. You know, we saw that in basketball as well to see what they were going to be able to do, and you know, obviously running into some walls and some guys mm-hmm. that can really hit the baseball over there in that conference.
0: Absolutely, yeah. It like like we said at the beginning of the season, Division One, Division Two schools. It's really hard to. It, as a smaller school that has to play other teams that are in that division, in your conference, that's already a challenge already, and just to not be able to get the sticks going and not be able to play your style of game, uh, kind of put the damper on the progress or momentum that you're that you're hoping to di- uh, to go off of.
1: Trey Rubenstein also had three singles in that game. Uh, Ottawa Hills won over Evergreen seven to four. They were down three nothing early in the game. Lane Vance had two singles for the Vikings. Oh, continuing for Thursday, the Whitmer Panthers defeated Wasion six to four. Uh, Wasian was able to get three runs in the seventh after being down six to one. Tried to rally, uh, make it a game, unable to uh, to complete the comeback. Uh, Whitmer will go to ten and six. Wasion fell to six and eight. Eli Delgado with a single and a double in the game for the Indians. Delta, a win over Pettysville, six to one, snapped a seven game losing streak for the Panthers. Joel. Joel Arroyo Sierra had two hits and three RBIs for the Panthers, and Bryce Gillen also had a single and a double for the Panthers. Uh, you know, a team that we talked about a little bit at the beginning of the year, maybe not all there yet, but a team that has some talent, you know, a team that didn't win a game from a year ago, won their opening game against Evergreen, now starting to find some ways to win games, and that's the confidence builder union. I know Pettysville isn't a very great team, but, you know, you need some wins to build some confidence for guys that are young, and I think this is a nice win for the Panthers. <coughs> And we're going to end with some interesting stuff for Thursday and jump into Friday. Uh, you know, we're talking about Division I talent. You know, Defiance is a Division Two baseball team, and mm-hmm. uh, they're number three in the state in Division Two right now. Uh, David Jimenez, a kid we've talked about over the year, uh, threw his second no-hitter of the season against um, Perrysburg, oh, a Division One team. Dang. Uh, no-hitter
0: against p Yeah, and there and was only wow. for his record. Yeah, that's – There
1: was only three – base runners that Perrysburg had all reached on defiance errors uh, or could have had, you know, three hits. No, I mean, they could have had no No base runners, you know, so it's pretty insane that he only allowed three base runners the entire game, all three on errors. Uh, One, nothing was the final of that game. Uh, The the run defiance run scored on a single two stolen bases and a pass ball or in in a single or an out to the first baseman. And David Jimenez drew a walk and stole second, stole third, and then came in on the ground out to first base. So Dang. no hits in the inning, uh, was able to get the run in the first inning, and that was the difference in the game is um
0: like, like, like one we run. Were said, like, so. like Weaver said, it takes just takes one little error to uh, have, have the final score go the way it is or the aspect of the game.
1: And that was the second no-hitter of the year. Like yeah, of the season already, he no hit. That's amazing. He he no hit O.G. and Van Wert last year, and now he no hit Paulding and Perrysburg this year.
0: Yeah, that that they that's another that's probably another draft prospect in the future. That's right their there. fourth.
1: That's their fourth no hitter this season. Mm-hmm. As he's now thrown two. Aiden Kessling has thrown one. Who's their actual ace? Ace. Yep, Aiden. And now we'll jump into Friday's game because. Apparently one no-hitter wasn't enough that they had to throw back-to-back no-hitters as Braden Shaw came in and threw a five-innings, five-inning no-hitter, two run- no-runs, five-inning pitch, six strikeouts um, against Brian in a 10 nothing shutout win in five innings. Wow. So back-to-back no-hitters on as many days. And, uh, you know, against a team like Brian and a team like Perrysburg,
2: yeah, back-to-back no-hitters is – am- uh, That's amazing. Did you
1: beat Brian when you were in high school? No. Not even close, huh? No, no, no. It to got, no hit, to no hit.
0: The, the teams Bears.
1: that they hit, like Perrysburg and Bryan is is literally is is insane. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's crazy to me.
0: That's elite defense right there, and amazing pitching.
1: I mean, you got to have defense because you know it's funny because when you look at this, I think Jimenez had six strikeouts and Shaw had six strikeouts. Wow! So all the other putouts were groundouts, flyouts. So when you talk about defensively. Yeah. you guys you have to have guys that make plays in order for these things to happen I mean look at every career no hitter or perfect game in MLB history. I guarantee you find a diving catch, a sliding play somebody diving into something that made it possible because when you when that happens you just feel like I mean anything's possible
0: absolutely like those outfielders when that ball, when the ball's starting to fly over and it looks like it's going to go over their head and they just Go out and just just dive for it and put it on the line and they snag it, and that's 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 uh, that's a in baseball amazing. you need
2: you need those plays because yeah. those plays are going to happen regardless.
0: Yeah. yeah, you need and that's that's just a mate that's just all time just that's the d- prime definition of a team game right there a team player.
1: And that's why it takes all mine, too. You know, you got to have guys that want to play their positions. So absolutely. Um. So, Braden Shaw through his uh, through a no hitter. Um, the fourth for the Defiance program this year, David Jimenez has two, Aiden Kessling has one, and now Braden Shaw has one. So, four no-hitters this year alone. I um,
0: smell be prospects. It's, uh, it,
1: it's going to be tough to beat Defiance, man. They have dynamite pitching, and that's what you need in, in tournament time is Absolutely. guys that can throw innings and throw strikes. So, they're going to be tough to beat. Um, David Jimenez – uh, follows up his no-hitter performance with a double, a single, and four RBIs against Brian. So, Dang. obviously a very capable hitter as well. Uh, Tenora, you know, they grabbed a really, really big win this weekend uh, on Friday against the number 10th ranked team in the state in Columbus Grove. Uh, Grove was up 7-4. to four. Um, Tenora had five runs in the fifth, fifth and sixth innings combined, mm-hmm. uh, able to pull away in that game to come away with a 9-7 victory, a big win for Tenora. Uh, when you're talking about quality wins, you know, you play the 10th team in the state, able to come down and beat them, come back and beat them. Uh, Dalton Wolfram had two singles, a double and four RBIs for Tenora. Hunter Bosselman had three RBIs on a double. Uh, Eli Plasman was a winning pitcher. He, had seven, he went seven innings pitched, ten hits and four strikeouts, uh, allowing those five runs. Yeah, allowing five runs, five earned runs, seven earned runs, or seven runs total.
0: Five,
1: seven, six, eight, ten, twenty, thirty-eight, a hundred. Hilltop defeated Ayersville seven to one. Uh, Five-run first inning for Hilltop kind of led that way. Ayersville only had five hits. Um, Lima Central Catholic defeated Wayne Trace six to three. Wayne Trace has their 12 game winning streak winning streak snapped. Uh Wayne Trace number 7 in the state in Division 3 right now, mm-hmm. uh, a very capable team. Um Tucker Antone and and Cooper Wenslick both with a home run apiece. Mm-hmm. Uh Patrick Henry with a 8 to 1 win over Liberty Center giving them a at least at least a share of the NWOAL title. Yeah. Uh, Mac Eber, the winning pitcher, he went six and two thirds, allowing one run on six hits, and nine strikeouts. Carter Dickman took the loss for Liberty Center. He went four and a third, allowing nine hits and five runs. And you know this th- this game this game was interesting. You know you could tell that the jitters were there in the first couple innings, as uh both in both frames uh a, a pass ball is what scored the run in the first two innings. So Patrick Henry got their run on a pass ball on the top of the first, and Liberty Center got their run on a pass ball in the bottom of the first. So you could see that some of these jitters were getting their three pass balls in the first inning, not something you normally see at a varsity level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely think that there were some jitters there. Uh, once both teams settled down and, you know, started making plays, it was fun to watch. I think the score doesn't depict how well the game was. You know, a couple of scenarios there were Liberty Center had guys on second and third, uh, second base with with one out, second and third with one out, and just weren't able to score runs. And mm. you know, when you leave a lot of guys on base, you know it's hard to score those runs and hard to get at guys. Mac Eber with a, 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 a an under one ERA, so when you get guys on, you really got to make it count, especially like a guy like Eber. And unfortunately, Liberty Center was just not able to get any timely hits.
0: Yeah, it, I got there at the f- at the right at the fifth inning, I believe. And the hitting was they just couldn't really get the sticks going like they they were making good contact and all that it's just that it, it was a, a pop up or just going directly to uh the defender and uh really didn't go out didn't go the way they wanted to go, unfortunately.
1: yeah, Liberty Center left seven guys on base, um, so uh you know, struggled in that department uh, hit a couple guys, walked a couple guys, which kind of came around for runs. Uh, I think one of the biggest parts of the game was Patrick Henry had bases loaded. With one out, in the fifth inning, mm-hmm. in a three to one game, and uh, the count was three and zero, and the kid swung at three and zero and hit a grounder to third base, and it was a pop up ground or a high bouncing grounder, you know, one that you really you're going to struggle to get a double play on, but uh, a play that really could have changed the outcome of the whole game. Instead, you know, they only get one out. Mack Eber comes up and hits a two run single up the middle to open up the game and make it five to one, and you know, I think and i think that was the biggest difference in the game not only that but he also threw a heck of a ball game you know i saw a lot of tiger hitters swinging at first pitches which tells me that you know mac likes to get ahead and he does a good job of that moves to 6 and 0 on the season his record wise so obviously mm-hmm. you know does some really nice stuff with him on the mound and you know we saw that a freshman you know when you send a freshman out there to to do that job in that setting in that game uh, you know, you got to give kudos to that kid as a freshman. You know, it's hard to play varsity baseball as a senior. Uh, so when you're doing it as a freshman, I think you got to give kudos where it's deserved.
0: Absolutely. So uh, Phil, you got any, uh, I believe you got some tournament games, or we don't. Have, I actually have just more yet. games from
1: Friday. <laughs> All right. Um, Double header over in Archibald. Uh, Archibald defeated Swanton five to one. Zach Short six innings pitch, nine strikeouts in the win. Uh, Archibald plays Evergreen on May twelfth, uh, which will decide the nwoal title if it's going to be an outright title for ph or if archibald and patrick henry will split but uh nevertheless uh I ph bet, has a, has I, a, a part of that
0: i bet who ph is rooting for for that game
1: <laughs> evergreen um and then in a double header archibald played holgate in the second game uh holgate they beat holgate seven to one mason towns had a no hitter through six innings uh, after giving up a uh, a, um, a leadoff single in, in the seventh. Creighton Kern had two hits. Um, Evergreen defeated Wauseon 15-5. to Lane Vance went four innings, allowing one hit. Uh, Corey Kahneman had two singles and scored two runs. Tyson Rodriguez had two RBIs for Wauseon. So, you know, Wauseon's struggling a little bit this year. You know, we've seen a big loss to, to Liberty, a, now a big loss to Evergreen. So, uh, the team's just kind of struggling to find their momentum right now.
0: Yeah, a lot. Yeah, uh, just like that's kind of the bad, bad, worst possible time to be losing momentum right now because you're close to getting, You're getting very close to tournament time, and don't really want to lose that when you go into tournament play.
1: Uh, Napoleon defeated Southview five to four. Trey Rubenstein three for four, two RBIs. Um, that pretty much rounds out all the stuff for Friday, Saturday. Uh, Wayne Trace got a win over Heritage Indiana three to one. Cooper Wenslick, two singles and RBI. Um, Eastwood defeated Liberty Center eight to six. Eastwood, number one team in the state in Division Three, uh, we tough. almost beat them. And, uh, yeah. yeah, Liberty Center really hung tough. Uh, you know, they had eleven hits, so they were really hitting the ball well. Xander Zaiter went six innings, five hits, five or five hits, five runs, four earned, um, four walks, and five strikeouts. Uh, he was also three for five at the plate with a double and an RBI. Zane Zaiter was two for four at the plate with a double and three RBIs. Uh, Tenora. Uh, getting a little bit of revenge on PH for Liberty, I guess, that next night as they blank Patrick Henry 5 to nothing. Cor- Corbin Castile, 7-inning pitch, 5 hits, 9 strikeouts, no runs, uh, and Ayersville over Elmwood 4-1, to one. Abe Delano with a double and two RBIs, and Ben Amoroso uh, got the win on the mound for Ayersville. So uh, that pretty much rounds up our baseball stuff. Uh, we play uh, Liberty Center, Drew, who, who did we say? We haven't got it yet. Okay, so we're we're waiting on the tournament draws for that. Um, we had some interesting releases over the over the weekend, over the past week uh, in regards to football. Uh, we had our release uh, division breakdowns and stuff, yep. and you know I think we should talk about a little bit of it for for a minute. You know, you look at our out of uh, conference schedule, like teams against Tenora. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tenora normally in Division Five will drop to Division Six this year. Uh, so that'll be Patrick interesting Henry to see how. Two. So that'll be interesting to see how computer points play into that. And then you look at PH; they dropped to Division Seven, so it'll look to see how those wins. You know, mm-hmm. you, you're talking about secondary points; those things are huge. And if you're playing Division Seven teams, if Patrick Henry is a Division Seven team, can beat some of those Division Four, Division Five, Division Six schools, then we are going to get a lot of points. So mm-hmm. those two teams moving down, I think, is really interesting because Tenora. Even at the sixth in the division six play, Archibald this year they play at Seago this year, who's Genoa. all division five. So.
0: Oh no! No, no that's Archibald Bye-bye. So,
1: um, sorry. A lot of interesting things that can happen with that. So I think that'll be interesting to see Liberty Center still staying right home where they belong, division five, region eighteen.
0: Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. So. Dang. Yeah. Um. With and the one thing that I noted that we talked about talked about. Patrick
1: Henry can't escape Marion Local. Yeah, Marion Local dropped back down to seven because they won Division Six this year. They won at Division Seven the year before, won at division six this year, and now we're gonna win it in Division Seven next
0: year. Yeah. (laughs) I I I always wonder what Marion Local will be like if they get put in Division Five, that just put that makes division five hard in the most toughest division to win state in.
1: Oh, easily. Not even a question.
0: I would like one of the dream matchups. Marion Local versus Ironton. I'd like
1: to play Marion Local.
0: I would love to see us play Marion Local. It'd be nice, but, but hey, potato, potato. It so. would be.
1: It would just be a fun football game. Those are both teams that just grind them out. We'll physical. Just do, we'll just
0: do a scrimmage. I wish we would yeah. instead of
1: scrimmaging teams like Mommy. Why do we do that?
0: Mommy's not any good. We scrimmage Mommy now. Didn't we
1: scrimmage Mommy? we, we always scrimmage Rodgers. Okay, that's uh, not any better.
2: Was it, no, we. Rogers, I don't think we uh, scrimmaged Woodward. I think that was not good. No, Woodward was eight. the – Yeah, was we scrimmaged Defiance
1: last I like year. Not like defiance.
0: I know I'm – It would me- be nice to oh,
1: pick up. Li- it would, lipstick. It would be nice to pick up. Lipstick's not bad, but I they're Division like 7. I like
2: scrimmaging Defiance because they feed us afterwards. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and
1: they're Division 4, so that's a good way to, to find out where you
0: are. Yeah, so – But uh, – Elmwood stayed put. Uh, Eastwood stayed put. Oak Harbor on Yeah, Ottawa, everybody. Glendorf, that's, everybody pretty much stayed everyone, consistent. Everyone in, D- in Division Five stayed put. So, uh, how does it, Division work? It's all by nu- it's all by
1: numbers. It's all by how
0: many the enrollment of boys in your class. So, oh. but uh, just uh, but hey, that's I mean like. It's going to be interesting when we get back to when we get down to August and it's going to be it's going to be a fun time when we get when we get to that point. But we're going to be worry, worrying about what we have now. Um do we have anything else boys? Anything? Yeah, no, it's
1: got draw. yeah nothing on the tournament draw so we should be good. I uh, just want to get the rest of our sponsors right. out for
0: you. Uh shout outs to KK Collision with Kyle Kern. Uh 3 Core, the official clothing brand of now the Enzo Militia. Uh, with Shane Hollenbaugh, Swatton welding with the one and only Norm Zider. uh, Tiger Den Dairy Bar with the Snyder, with the Snyder family. And when you go there, just ask them for a Duke burger. Duke burgers are amazing. Trust me. Uh, Meyer Bay and Hop Insurance and Chambers Control. And, uh, once again, uh, shout outs to Dorian Pro, uh, Pro Day Performance with Dorian Hooker and Jordan Burdue them a call did we get my bait hop insurance yes i just said oh, that that boy <laughs> you're fired anyways <laughs> <laughs> hey we have hey i just now noticed we have not fired each other for a while now <laughs> that that that's a streak and now uh that streak has been snapped go me uh knocking out drywall and ab perfectionist painting uh call the guys up. 419-906-1627 um also, a shout out to Mark the Captain Bly, uh, providing the studio and the high quality and phenomenal let's audio. Say, let's
1: say Mark the phenomenal. Captain Bly with LC Tiger Sports Live,
0: because those guys Split. are awesome. Oh yes, they are. Just uh, and I'm
1: not being biased either.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. We're <laughs> definitely not being biased at all. So uh, merch, uh, merch link is taking a little bit. Uh, ran into a few delays on the merch link. But our website, to my knowledge, is up and running and we'll put our link uh we we'll get a link going on that and we'll be posting stuff there now. And we'll still be posting on Spotify, but our we'll have our schedule and all that uh posted on the website. So with that being said, I'm your host, Isaiah Markle. I'm your co host, the stats guy. Phil the Snow. The Snowman. The Snowman. Phil Snow. Phil Snow.
2: I'm Mr. Exclusive Riley Weaver.
0: And this is end zone militia. And just remember, folks, there are no
2: field goals in baseball. Weaver King out.